SSD, Sustainable Self-Development. Welcome, everybody. Just kidding. No, so, uh, hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, this is, once again, another progress update episode. We went over my schedule with Vincent and on Vincent's nutrition. And in this episode, we will go through my training. And um, I had some kind of fallouts and kind of experimentation periods with my training lately. I not that long ago had a week off. After that, I was having some fun time in the gym, doing pretty high volumes, but now I feel like it's time to go back into adult mode when it comes to training and do it in a more progressive, smart, calm manner. So um, I have a nice training uh, split designed for myself. It's very simple. It's minimalistic in terms of the, the complication that goes into it, but I'm making sure that I'm hitting my muscle groups um, to a degree and to an amount that should be conducive to my general body composition goals. And uh, before I would go into volume and uh, set numbers, rep ranges, and all that kind of stuff, maybe there is just a few considerations that are worth addressing beforehand. So um, I'll just go through those very, very quickly. So uh, for one, training is important to me. Progressing with my body composition is important to me. That's my passion project uh, of sorts or one of those. So I want to be jacked, I want to be lean, all that good stuff, but that's not the most important thing in my life right now. For example, doing these podcasts and um, progressing with career and those kinds of fun stuff are more important to me than training. So for that reason, I don't want to spend more than maybe five or six hours per week in the gym. And I want to be in the gym for five days a week. Maybe on some weeks, I might be able to cram everything in, in, in four days, and that's also fine. Also, another consideration is that um, my, well, luckily, my sleep schedule is actually just getting really solid. I've just had a couple of really nice nine-hour sleeps uh, preceding this uh, podcast episode, but before that, it was absolutely abysmal. So um, lifestyle is generally something to work on, and that in conjunction with the fact that I'm an injury-prone individual, I tend to get burnt out and, and hurt. I tend to get elbow pain and shoulder pain if I'm not careful with things. So uh, I have to be careful with exercise selection and with just going crazy with volume and especially intensity. So um, those are kind of some general considerations um, uh, from the get-go. And then uh, let's go into my general uh, split. Uh, Vincent, is there anything you'd like to comment on up until now? Cool. Okay, so... uh, I will try to phrase my words in a way that uh, the listeners can actually understand what the hell I'm talking about without actually seeing my spreadsheet on which I'm outlining my training. But for one, it's a five-day split, and essentially all days are full-body days. Um, And basically, the most important thing for me is just that I get in a sufficient amount of volume for each muscle group over the course of the week. And I'm pretty liberal in terms of shifting exercises back and forth, Uh, so maybe uh, I would hit my chest on on a Wednesday, but it's fine if I if I'm doing that on a Tuesday. Uh, it's not it's not a big deal because I have enough recovery time and not that, that high amounts of volume so that it wouldn't be manageable. And over time, uh, progression will tell if if that doesn't work out as well as I I would have wanted it to work out. So um, maybe actually first let's start with volume amounts. So. Um, in good part for the recommendation of uh, Vincent, actually, I started to work with set ranges as opposed to set set numbers. So it's not like I'm doing 12 sets for chest. 
I'm doing, for example, 12 to 16 sets for chest. And the way that works out is that, for example, I'm training chest three days a week. And on each of those days, I have a range of sets that I can do for the exercises for chest. So for example, I'm doing heavy weighted push-ups and I could do three sets or four sets depending on how I feel. So um, basically this is how it works out for each muscle group. And based on this, I have a total uh, set range for each week. So for chest, it will be 12 to 16 sets. For hamstrings, it will be six to 12 sets. For quads, I have 12 to 20 sets. That's a really big range. And the main reason behind that is because I have a, a whole set of uh, optional exercises for quads. So my general exercises, for example, are leg extensions, squats, and lunges. But if on some days, if I feel like I can add in some Smith machine squats as well. But that's kind of optional if I feel really frisky on that given day. So hence the big range for uh, these set numbers. Then uh, for lats, I have um, anywhere from 12 to 16 sets. For traps, forearms, glutes, uh, upper back, and front delts, I'm saying zero sets, but in reality, they get a decent amount of stimulation from exercises. So obviously, for example, my glutes get a decent amount of stimulation from the lunges and the squats, but that's not really direct work for the glutes. It's more Those are more so quad exercises, but they obviously do work the glutes. So I could write in eight to 12 sets for those. Um, and the same thing with the upper back. So I could count uh, some of the face pulls from the side or rear delt work that I'm doing, probably also um, some of the pulling movement that I'm doing, for example, rows. Um, and the same thing with forearms. Obviously, they do get a lot of stimulation from pulling exercises, but I'm not counting those um, because I'm only counting direct sets in these ones. Um, then we have uh, side and rear delts. So that's anywhere from 15 to 20 sets. I have calves, that's anywhere from six to 16 sets. It's again, because I have a lot of optional calf work. My calves are pretty decent um, and I'm not that concerned about growing them. So even if I can just maintain their size, I'm fine by that. Biceps, 15 to 20 sets. Uh, my biceps are just stubborn as hell and are just not very uh, genetically gifted body part of mine. Um, basically, I just don't really feel my biceps no matter what, what I'm doing. Uh, I can just curl all day. I can do heavy chin-ups. My arms are just not really willing to grow. I mean, they're smaller than my neck. They are smaller smaller than my calves. They actually look pretty cool. If I take some bicep or tricep flexing selfies, they look decent, but they're just small. So I'm just trying to hammer them with volume and I'm hitting them basically every day that I'm in the gym. Um, triceps, eight to 16 sets. So once again, I have some optional tricep work but I have to experiment with them because my elbows tend to get pissy when I'm doing a lot of tricep work. And um, I'm not really concerned with doing press downs or push downs because I'm doing uh, a decent amount of uh, horizontal pressing exercises to begin with. So I'm more concerned about training the long head directly. Um, so I will do at least twice a week, three to four sets of tricep work for some pretty decently high reps, so 15 plus reps. Uh, but I will have to see how my elbows tolerate that. But based on that, I may add in some uh, optional tricep work on some third day. Uh, we, we will have to see how that goes. Um, did I miss any body part? 
I think not. Your abs, um, <laughs> zero to 20 sets. <laughs> that is, once again, because abs are important to me. My core is pretty underdeveloped, um, but abs are generally just a sucky body part to train. I don't think anybody really enjoys training the abs. And that will one of those things, again, that if I feel frisky and energetic at the end of my workouts, I will add those in. Uh, maybe three sets, three to four sets of crunches or some ab wheel rollouts. I'm not that concerned about progressively overloading these. I just want to, those are more of a feel exercise. I think anybody who has done those can tell this. Plus, you have to be careful with not injuring your spine. So um, it's, it's, again, I will have to experiment with this. But, you know, ideally, I would get in at least two to three times a week some decent amount of ab work, uh, three to four sets at least. And uh, my exercises of choice would be um, cable crunches or uh, crunches on the incline or decline uh, bench or some ab wheel rollouts for some burnout sets. Uh, but we will have to see how this goes. Um, and yeah, so based on this, I have a general setup for my workout as far as how the days and exercises are organized. But like I said, almost never will this exactly look like this in real life because I'm very flexible with uh, tossing exercises around across workouts. Um, but so basically day one, which ideally would fall on a Tuesday, I have uh, push-ups, three to four sets, chin-ups, three to four sets, uh, heavy face pulls, relatively heavy, so about 10 to 12 reps on my top set at least. Uh, then hamstring curls, seated hamstring curls, and then calf work, and then some optional ab work. So that would be day one. Then day two is uh, squats, um, and then a bunch of bro work. So bicep curls, tricep work, lateral raises, and flies. It's kind of an odd day, actually, now that I'm looking at it. Then day three, I have rows, leg extensions, pull-downs, face pulls, Romanian deadlifts, and then I have a bunch of optional exercises. So I have ab work, some optional delt work. That will be just some feel-good high rep lateral raise or face pulls, reverse flies. I'm not that concerned about progression on these ones. I, I'm just going for the feel and the pump. You know, the side and rear delts. I'm yet to find one person who has been able to continuously progressively overload these. Uh, just performance, it's just so variable on these. It's more of a feel exercise, I think. And then some optional bicep work and pr pretty much the same same comments as for, as for the delt work. Uh, then day four, uh, there we have lunges, leg extensions once again, push-ups, flies, lateral raises, and then some optional work again, delt work, bicep work, and abs. And then we have finally day five right after day four, so no rest in between. And then we have lat prayers. That's a very nice lat isolation exercise. Calf work, lateral raises, curls, and then some optional delts, tricep and ab work. So um, a lot of bro-ish days, but at least I have a couple of staple uh, compound exercises that I have in there. And all days do involve some lower and some upper body exercises. So it's not really an upper lower split in the classic sense. Um, so I have a few comments. Yep. You mentioned 15 to 20 sets for biceps and eight to 16 for triceps. Is this all direct work or is that counting in direct sets as well? 
Uh, for the biceps, the only pulling exercise that I'm counting towards uh, bicep work is the chin-ups because I feel like on the pull-downs, I am pretty well able to kind of isolate my lats. It's It does involve the biceps, of course, to some degree, but it's a very much a lat-dominant exercise. But with the biceps, it does get a lot of bicep stimulation. And the rows, I feel like it's just such a poor exercise in terms of hitting the biceps like so many other things take over and the line of pull for the biceps is just so poor that maybe I could count like half of that into bicep work Uh, and for the side and rear delts it's if I'm counting the chin-ups pull downs and rows that might be an additional three to four good sets for the rear delts maybe if that cool I also like the idea of the set range. I think that allows you to auto-regulate your training rather nicely because if you get into the gym on a day that you plan on doing four plus sets and you lost sleep that last night and the weight feels very heavy relative to what it should feel like and you don't imagine you're going to progress well or at least not progress as well as you could have doing else, then you can auto-regulate your training in that fashion and do two sets instead perhaps and do the lower end of that range. Thus, you hit your volume total that you think you need to progress while not emphasizing progress too much to the point that you're doing a lot of quote-unquote junk volume or to the point that you're going to be misallocating volume throughout the course of the week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I feel like this volume and and the set ranges are allowing for enough auto regulation where i can just shift things around enough so that it accommodates the general fluctuation in my lifestyle so ideally from now on i will be getting a solid at least 8 hours of sleep like 4 days a week and maybe two max 3 times a week i may have the odd day where i only get in like 5 or 6 um, and maybe I can still compensate for those with some naps here and there. Um, but there is some variability in my lifestyle, so I'm not a, not able to live my life like a machine in terms of uh, you know optimizing it around my workouts. Um, but for example, today was a good example where I intended to hit a really awesome workout with some heavy lunges, heavy Romanian deadlifts, but... Uh, I just managed to upset my stomach before my training. So it would have ended up being a disaster if I went for those. So I just shifted some things around and I still managed to get in a good workout, but it didn't risk me puking all over the gym floor. Um, So yeah. Another aspect that I think is cool is the, the fact that you have multiple training days of seemingly disparate session length. I think that can be useful in the context of incorporating these workouts into a hectic schedule in a week, given the fact that you aren't certainly going to have exactly two hours to train every day or what have you normally. And I like that bit of flexibility as well. Yeah. Yeah. And this kind of switching exercises across training days actually works out better. I've been, I've tried this in the past. So kind of my previous training blog before this was, was similar in that fashion and it worked out much better than I anticipated initially. So literally many days I would just make decisions over the over my subsequent exercises such as, okay, so should I train chest now? No, I trained that yesterday, so I'll do something else. Or, okay, so when was the last time I trained quads? Okay, that was two days ago. Okay, I can hit some heavy lunges or something. It's 
it, it sounds a very random way to do things, but the end result was still that I got in the volume for the exercises that I wanted to, and I was progressing over the course of the weeks. So it still worked out. Now, if I find that I'm stagnating chronically on some exercises, then I may have to reevaluate this. But for now, I think it should be a good start at least. Um, also, I see that you have relatively little exercise variation. I'm wondering if that's due to personal preference or if you have a specific other reason for doing that. It seems that you have two to three sets or two to three exercises per muscle group, rather. Yeah, so kind of the I have a couple of reasons for that. So for on some, it's kind of self-selecting. So for chest, for example, because my shoulders tend to get pissy, the exercises that I can do for those are relatively limited. Um, now I could actually probably do more variety for even those than I'm doing currently, but I kind of just found the sweet spot with those, for example, over, over the years, as far as what are those that I'm continuously able to progress or predictably not going to piss off my shoulders and I enjoy them and uh, kind of fit my anatomy and are pretty adaptable uh, in terms of doing them in random gyms and the like. And and those happen to be generally uh, standing cable flies or seated cable flies um, if the gym is not too crowded uh, and I can do them bilaterally and uh, heavy-weighted push-ups. Heavy-weighted push-ups are probably going to be the bread and butter of my chest training for the rest of my life because um, they are very shoulder-friendly and I can, I just need my heavy or I just need my chin up belt and I can do them everywhere. I don't even need weights. I can just hang some heavy backpack on them or something. Um, so that that's kind of one consideration. But but on other things, I am generally I tend to be a bit worse of um, incorporating too high of a variety with my exercises, and I might be might be wrong about that, but kind of based on the school of thought that I've been raised in terms of bodybuilding, kind of the general understanding that is that I have is that if you have too high of a variety, it might actually interfere with proper adaptation. I think that's true. In my personal training, I like to have at least once per week frequency for exercise selection. And if, if you can keep the movement in your program at least once a week, it's generally enough to establish the motor pattern and maintain that yeah um yeah but for example if you look at lats i have um chin-ups i have pull downs lat prayers and rows Uh, in fact i'm not even sure how necessary rows are at that point um because i'm not really sure what exactly they are contributing to on top of the chin-ups pull downs and um, lat prayers with the isolation exercise for lats it's, it's more of just my OCD nature of, you know, hashtag postural health or pushing and pulling movement ratio. So at least have some horizontal pulling. But but that's one example where I feel like all these four exercises have some unique thing to offer uh, that it's worth keeping all of them in. On, on some of them, so for example, with calves, to be honest, I'm not, because I'm really not that interested in improving my calves, I'm going to be very bro-like with that one. I'll, I'll just... When I feel like it and when that whatever machine that is able to train the calves is available, I'm just going to go there and just hammer my calves. I'm not even really going to keep track with weight and all that kind of stuff. I'll just select some weight that I kind of intuitively know will disrupt my calves in some reasonable rep range 
and I'll just do however many sets I feel like in the moment. It's, you know, I would never do that with a muscle group that I actually do care about, but because my calves are generally good as they are at the moment, that's what I'm going to do. So I'm, I don't even know how many exercises I'm going to do for those. I think at some point you arrive to the point with your exercise selection where you just, from past experience, figure out what exercises feel good and what don't, which is a consideration. So, for example, reverse flies, in theory, that should be kind of the gold standard rear delt exercise, more so than face pulls. But I could just never manage to find a way that actually made me feel my rear delts while doing them. I feel everything else. Uh, I just feel myself feeling really awkward and, and struggling during the whole movement, but I just don't get, I never managed to get a good pump in my rear delts from those. From face pulls or shoulder pulls, I, I did manage to get a pretty good uh, kind of mind-muscle connection, if you will, with my rear delts. So it's kind of intuitive, my exercise selection at this point. Okay, that makes sense. You also have something interesting going on with your progression method. Would you like to dive into that and its specifics? Yeah, so traditionally, you know, I've been raised on the Bayesian bodybuilding kind of um, bodybuilding philosophy, and that uses a, a very viable, but in, according to my personal history, it just didn't really work out that for, well for me, but their progression method was to simply up, use the first set as a benchmark of progression, and Manu Hensel once wrote about this in an article, you can, you can read that, maybe I should link to that uh, in the description or show notes, uh, but basically you up the weight as soon as you hit the upper end of your uh, rep, tar rep target. So let's say on bench press, your rep target was eight, and as soon as you hit eight with a given weight, you up the weight for the next session, and you didn't even count your subsequent sets, and you just let those auto-regulate themselves. I found that this progression method was just too aggressive for me, and I got too hyper-fixated on hitting PRs, and I also find that my work capacity is pretty poor, and my reps would go from eight to three to four. And I, I also kind of felt like I lost motivation in my subsequent sets to push myself hard enough. I got kind of sloppy with form because I got these sets don't matter anymore that much. So whatever. Now, maybe I just don't enjoy training enough. So maybe that's the issue. I don't know. So I started experimenting with straight sets where I would only progress and lift where I managed to hit um, my rep target in all sets. So say three by 10. Once I hit 10 on all sets, I would up the weight. That kind of made me fall for the other extreme. I, I was stuck on certain weights forever. So I found kind of a nice middle ground that I started to experiment with, which is I would have a certain uh, total rep number that I have to hit over the course of a, uh, a set set number. So say for chin-ups, I could either, either do three or four sets, and I have a total rep target for those sets accordingly. So if I do three sets, I could do 18 reps for those three sets. So my rep target for three sets would be 18 in total. So that could be six, 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 or it could be, or it could be eight, six, four. The point is that it could play out in all kinds of different ways. And uh, if I do four sets, then it would be 24 reps in this instance. So then it could be six, 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 or it could be eight, eight, six, four, or whatever. Like, probably I shouldn't go into these quick math exercises on air because I'm failing at them pretty miserably, as you can see. 
But yeah, so basically the point is that I have a, a total rep number that I have to hit over the course of the set numbers that I allocated for myself. And I think that should both ensure that I'm getting enough volume over the course of the sets that I have, but it still is motivating enough to hit, to push for, to push myself in each set and kind of aim for, for PR. So it still has that component, but it doesn't just allow me to shoot for that PR at all costs and then get sloppy in the subsequent sets because those don't matter anymore. What are you doing with rest times and rest intervals between movements? Yeah, actually, that's a good question. And I'm kind of on the fence about that. Uh, do you do you think that I should? Because on the one hand, I could see that I could fool myself if I'm just resting for longer and longer between uh, sets and then I'm allowing myself uh, to to progress that way. But am I really getting stronger over time if I'm just resting for longer or am I just fresher when I'm performing the exercises? So maybe I should monitor my rest periods. But on the other hand, I'm not really sure if it's a bad thing if it allows me to perform total enough work to just let myself rest as long as, as I want. I don't know. What do you think about that? I think you can perhaps auto-regulate rest periods and on higher volume days incorporate longer rest periods given the fact that you have to tolerate more load throughout the session. So if you have four sets and you want them all to be high in quality, it makes sense to have longer rest periods in between those sets such that you can recuperate sufficiently and execute those final sets with greater strength and fervor. But otherwise, I think two to five minutes should be fine. And you can take that by feel for the most part. Just don't get much longer than five minutes and don't go much shorter than two for most exercises. Additionally, you can incorporate antagonistic supersets into your programming, which has been shown to help increase volume across sets. For instance, if you were to do a push-up and then work the antagonistic muscle group with a chin-up or something along those lines, and you can just alternate between those movements. So you're technically resting for one movement while you're doing the other one, and this has been shown to result in increased volume load in research papers that I've seen. So that can perhaps be a good way to go about working some muscle groups while resting others and saving time while improving hypertrophic stimulus potentially. Yeah, yeah, and also I kind of know myself from experience that I don't, I almost never rest for too short. Like maybe early on in my training career, I was shooting myself in the foot here and there by only resting for 30 seconds or something. It's something that almost never happens these days. Sometimes I tend to rest a bit excessively long, like five plus minutes or so, but with the idea in mind that I don't want my sessions to go forever because I have other stuff to do, it should be kind of a self-solving problem over time. I think another thing to address is rep range with your progression model. Being that you only have a set target across, or sorry, a rep target across sets, I think it's prudent to emphasize what rep range you're actually intending to work in for the majority of those sets. Yeah, that's a good question. So where I'm, I have lower total rep numbers, I'm kind of assuming a general rep target of somewhere between six to eight reps. When I have more of a moderate, so 30 to 40, I'm assuming somewhere between 10 to 12. And where I have 40 to 50, for example, on leg extensions, I, I can achieve 40 reps over the course of three sets or 50 reps over the course of four sets. Then I'm assuming somewhere between 12 and 15 reps. But those are kind of allowed to auto-regulate themselves. So for example, if I have to hit uh, 30 or 40 reps over the course of three sets, those could play out as 
15, 15, 10, or it could even be 17, 13, 10. So I'm not that married to the rep range per se, because inevitably I will get to the point where I will up the weight before I would get too high in reps on any given set. So then I will naturally regress back to a lower uh, rep target for any given set. So I have a general idea about where I will land rep-wise on uh, on any given set, but they can kind of nicely move in between a, a range. Cool. Yeah. Are all of these exercises, movements that you've been performing for extended periods of time in the past and you're used to? And if not, do you think you intend to have an intro microcycle going into this training program? Oh, yeah. So um, these are very much have been staples for, for a while. So I, not only that, but this gym that I'm using has been, I've been using this gym for over a year, almost a year now. So I know all the machines and uh, all the cable pulleys, all the dumbbells. And so I'm very much attuned with those. The only thing that I'm that I mentioned those are the optional exercises which I'm not that familiar with uh, conditionally. I mean, for example, I know how to do a an app crunch, but I will kind of have to see how that treats my back. If if my lower back just gets incrementally more pissed off, then I'm I'm just going to abort that. Maybe maybe I will get an ab wheel rollout at home and I will just do whatever 100 ab wheel rollouts every day or something after I wake up, like. I will play around with that stuff, but that's also not something that I need to gain a lot of movement efficiency or modern pattern efficiency in. But in general, the the main compound moves, especially pretty much all the movements that I want to progress with are, I'm very familiar with them. So they should be fine in that regard, I think. Cool. And how do you intend to manage fatigue? Do you intend to incorporate deloads in addition to anything you're doing auto-regulating sets throughout the weeks or do you dislike pre-planned deloads and like to auto-regulate deloads as well yeah so i've been pretty comfortable with doing uh, the auto-regulated kind of session to session type of auto-regulation in the past so for one i have some general life rules in place so if i feel particularly beat up on any given day or sleep deprived i just either won't go to the gym or i will just do very safe, like impossible to injure yourself type of exercises. So some face pulls, some high rep curls, calf work, that kind of stuff. That's that's one thing, the more of a general consideration. Plus I have the set ranges. So I'm allowed to do by default lower number of sets or higher number of sets. Uh, on top of these life, kind of life rules that I have in place, I also implement some reactive deloading, which is again something that Mano Hanselmans wrote about. And that is basically aborting subsequent sets on certain exercises if I didn't manage to hit my desired rep target on the first set. To be quite fair, what I found has worked better for me is just to simply abort certain exercises altogether if on some day I feel really off. So as an example, squats, like the gold standard or the king of quad exercises. But I mean, if you're sleep deprived and your head is not there, I feel like standing under a heavy squat bar and try to bang out some reps is just a risk that I don't really know how worth it is to take. However, you might be perfectly fine to just do leg extensions until you're blue in the face. So I'm kind of planning to have some sort of auto-regulation in place in that regard. Um, And the fourth or third or fourth component of my fatigue management is that 
every once in a while, maybe every eight to, to 10 weeks, I'll just simply take a week off, which is not really in line with the general deload uh, methodologies that are used. And I'm not even saying that that's optimal. Maybe, you know, I will lose some motor pattern efficiency. I'll lose some unnecessary amount of strength during that period. But I just found that both from a kind of healing nagging injuries and little nagging tendon issues that are accumulating over the course of weeks and just kind of resetting my mind, uh, it's a very nice uh, exercise to do every once in a while. It's almost like a personal development challenge for myself. I don't like those weeks. So I just miss going to the gym so much. Like it's in my routine and I just want to go there and I almost have to will myself into not going. But I find it's being very useful in kind of forcing myself to think about other activities that I could be doing instead of my training session. And I find it to be a really nice way to get a lot of stuff done and kind of reprioritizing other areas that might have suffered during that period. Often I realize actually some stuff that got neglected while I was spending that one hour in the gym plus the, you know, other, (laughs) other hour that goes into preparation and commuting and all of that stuff. So I find it to be a really nice kind of mental reset that is useful every once in a while. But I'm not, I'm not saying that this is optimal from kind of a training adaptation point of view. So uh, I've done this maybe two times over the course of the past maybe six months. <laughs> so that what would be that like uh, for every 12 weeks, I did a week off. And that treated me very nicely uh, so far. Um, so that's kind of my idea. What do you think? Have you considered doing this? Well, first of all, it just isn't optimal. But if it works psychologically for you, then that's fine. But from a training perspective, for any of the listeners who are interested, it probably makes sense to just decrease volume by one to two thirds and lower the RPEs for that week of the deload just to let fatigue dissipate while maintaining the repeated bout effect and motor pattern for given movements in addition to perhaps maintaining strength better. But Abel has determined that taking the week off is a better alternative for him just psychologically and lifestyle-wise. I'm wondering, have you considered taking weeks off for various muscle groups in a compartment fashion? So meaning you could take off one week for the pushing muscles and keep working all the other muscles, then take the next week off for the pulling muscles, and then take the next week off for the lower body work and perhaps a fourth week off for accessories that way you aren't taking any weeks off of the gym but you are in fact getting the weeks off for any particular muscle group that you might want to deload or let joints or tendons heal on i actually did think about this and i think actually this could be a pretty cool way to keep it simple what i could do is just one week take lower body off completely and another week ooh, that will be an awesome week actually <laughs> another another week just take upper body off completely that could work i like to personally put it out in a compartment fashion just because upper body doesn't necessarily engage all of the same muscles and all of the same lifts i think pushing and pulling is a fine distinction to make additionally i think calf work can largely be excluded from the rest of your legs and Delt work can probably be excluded from the rest of the upper body for the most part, or at least side delt work can, and maybe even trap work, depending on how many direct sets you're doing. So it's arguable that you could split the muscle groups into four sections. I personally do accessory, lower, pushing, and pulling, and I deload those in that fashion. 
but I also have a pre-planned deload every fourth week, and you don't use pre-planned deloads officially, at least. So you can go about taking weeks off in whatever fashion you think you need to do I that. I think, uh, yeah, I yeah. think your method is is very viable, and actually, I've been kind of thinking about this in the past. Now that I think about it, like, why not do it in a more of a systematic fashion where you just deal with certain parts of your body, you're gaining on other parts of your body. I'm actually pretty intrigued by that concept, but I, I feel like this will be something that uh, my perspective may change on over the course of the week. So I'm right at the beginning of this uh, training cycle at the moment. So right now I'm at the point where I'm just excited about pushing myself and, and progressing uh, with this method that I, I found for myself and seeing where this brings me. So I might not be the best kind of psychological <laughs> point to reflect on how I'm going to manage fatigue. And I think over the course of the weeks, um, I will get a mo- more of a better perspective on everything, considering also how my lifestyle is going, um, how I'm managing to uh, manage my sleep. Uh, if, I, if I'm managing to keep it together as I've been able to do so for this week, then it will be sweet, but we will have to see. So yeah, I think something to keep in mind. I think a good way to go about setting it up might be deloading the muscles and or taking a week off in the order that you find muscles tend to have fatigue generated on them so to put that in perspective say you find that you're pushing muscles might need a deload before any of your other muscles then you can perhaps program that in one week and then the next week say it's your pulling muscles you can incorporate that that next week and then your legs the subsequent week and then your accessory muscle groups the next week and continue working muscle groups subsequently after that so in such case you only need to train whatever muscle groups in line with how long you think you need to wait between deloading in between while also deloading them all separately i might not have explained that as perfectly as i could have so we'll move on then what are you doing with rpe with this progression model do you have an rpe cap or and do you plan on Manipulating RPE in line with weeks and auto-regulating that. Yeah, so my RPE basically on all exercises, maybe it would be easier if I just said reps reps in reserve. So I would say I would like to reps in reserve of two for basically all exercises. Maybe some of the optional higher rep dealt work might be an exception where it's just nice to go very close to failure. But Basically, I want to stop each exercise at the point where I feel like the next rep would be a real hard grinder. So not I won't be stopping my sets at the point where I feel like, okay, the next next rep I'm definitely going to fail, but I'm able to grind this one out. I'm stopping just before that point. So I basically don't want my form to break down at all because I feel like from past experiences that that's not only a surefire way to injure myself, but also just it makes keeping track with my progress very hard because if I'm just getting better at grinding over the course of the weeks, I'm not sure how much that is true progress in the sense of getting stronger. And how do you manipulate RPE in regards to auto-regulation? Do you change that at all or it's always just an eight? Is your RPE for every set for every exercise every week going to be an eight? Or does that change based on how you feel and how heavy the weight feels that session? How many sets you have? If it's, say, your second session or your middle session in between two other sessions for a muscle group, 
do you manipulate RPE based on that, or do you just always leave it at an eight? My intention is to generally go for that eight just to keep it safe. Um, there might be some exceptions to that. So if it's one of those extreme cases where, for example, I've hit almost my rep target within two sets that I would have been, would have intended to do for three three sets, then um, you know I may just may just uh, do some very light work on my last set. Or if I'm feeling like, okay, it's some safe exercise, like, I don't know, like a leg extension or, or a bicep curl, where it's unlikely that I'm going to injure myself with some light weights, that I may push for, you know, getting close to failure just to hit my rep target. Um, but I plan those to be kind of the exception rather than the rule. And probably I should keep a note when that happens so, um, so that on the next session I can keep things into pers- in perspective. Do you plan on manipulating training frequency at all throughout the study, or are you content with whatever frequencies you're working with? I most likely won't go below four at any point, but it will. I kind of plan it to fluctuate between four and five. So if during the four first four training days of the week, I just feel very energetic and I feel like doing more exercises, um, then I may get all of my volume in within four days, and then I just won't go on the fifth day. But if, you know, for some reason I find myself being more cramped on time on a couple of days and I need to cut my session shorter, then I may end up being in the gym for six days a week and it will just be shorter sessions more frequently. Uh, But I don't plan to do any kind of deliberate changes on this. And what about training frequency per muscle group per week? Basically, the general training frequency is two to two or three for most muscle groups, except for delts and biceps which are, I mean, biceps, just nothing has worked. They have been a stubborn body part for forever. Um, so I have nothing to lose by tra- by trying to train them on every day that I'm in the gym and just do three or four sets of curls and, you know, just go for the pump and go for the feel. It may not work out, but I feel like I have nothing to lose because nothing has worked in the past. Um, for delts, it's kind of a similar thing. I just never, ever managed to get my delts sore or anything like this. I think few people have, actually. And, um, yeah, I'm just really interested in bringing them up as much as I can. So I feel like based on my desires and based on the fact that they generally are considered to be a body part that is recovering pretty quickly and you can hit them frequently, I don't see any kind of major downside in hitting them as frequently as five times a week. Um, and everything else, two or three, basically. Going forward, do you think that plus sets can be incorporated into your progression model? Or do you think that those are not in line with how you plan to progress loads over time? Plus sets, also known as AMRAPs, sets in which you are at the final session for a movement in a workout or for a given exercise in a workout, and you simply do as many reps as you can with that last set to ensure that you're hitting the target RP. With my current progression model, they don't really fit in. Uh, I will have to see how progression goes. If, if I'm stagnating or I'm just chasing myself self in circles, then I may consider adding it in. But right now, I don't really see how it could fit in. And what are your primary goals with this training program? What do you think will make this different than other programs you've done in the past? What have you changed that you think you're going to benefit from having change? Uh, to be honest, right now, I'm at a very optimized spot in the sense that I'm 
as comfortable putting on some body fat as I've ever been <laughs> in the sense that it's winter and uh, I've been in a surplus for a while. I've lost some conditioning over time, so I'm not single digits anymore or anything like that. Um, so if some body fat comes on, it's fine. I'm willing to eat a generous amount of food. Hopefully my sleep schedule will also get optimized. So, and, and I feel like I, I still have a lot of potential to put on a decent amount of muscle. I won't get huge. I'm not very genetically gifted, but I still think that whatever muscle I can put on over the course of my training career, a good portion of that is still ahead of me. So really over the course of the next few months, say next three months, I'm looking to make some decent gains. Um, if I could put on, say, at least like three pounds of lean mass, that would be really cool. Sure. And lastly, what do you think is the key factor to determine your success going forward with this program? If you had to only manage one thing that you think is going to be integral to you being successful and putting on as much muscle as you plan to, what do you think that one thing is? Perhaps something you've consistently screwed up in the past. The name of the game is eat enough consistently, work hard, but not too hard that I get injured, and don't program hop. Uh, those are the two things. And I mean, and, and of course, manage my sleep in the meanwhile. But I think I'm not uh, masochistic enough that I will screw that up beyond a certain point. But you know, if nutrition is in place, meaning that I'll be in a small caloric surplus continuously. And if I don't program hop, stick to relatively the same stuff, which I know from experience tends to work. And if I don't injure myself, I think I'm set for pretty good progress. Those are not trivial things to ask. So, <laughs> Do you think sleep and scheduling factor in here as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I wish I was one of those individuals who get, can just get by on three hours of sleep and doesn't feel it. I'm not a good sleeper, so I have to work on that continuously, but I really do feel when I don't sleep. So now I'm very strict. I'm My ass is in my bed at 10 p.m., and I'm putting my phone on airplane mode like by 10.15, the latest, and then... Yeah, I just start reading some Jordan Peterson or whatever self-help stuff and popping in my melatonin and then I'm hitting the sack. So Sounds like a plan for consistent resistance training gains. So I think this is a good place to wrap up. Uh, thanks, Vincent, for the good questions and the contribution. And uh, yeah, basically with this, we covered the intro of most of the in important stuff. So Vincent's nutrition, my scheduling issues, and my training program, all of them are basically covered. So from then on, this point onwards, we will just uh, basically I'm going to come back for check-ins and progress updates uh, besides other things, but uh, you will see what those things will be. So thanks for everybody for tuning in up until now and see you in the next episode. Hey guys, I just want to tell you again that your inputs for this podcast will help it grow more than anything and your requests, ideas and comments will contribute to awesome content going live on this channel and podcast more than anything. So if you want to contribute, the best thing you can do is to go on Facebook and look up Sustainable Self-Development. You'll find both the page and the Facebook group that is dedicated to discussions and ideas being thrown around. Go there and note down your comments about what kinds of topics or guests you want to be featured on this podcast and YouTube channel in the future. Just keep in mind the general theme of this podcast and my YouTube channel, which is to help people becoming their best selves in terms of lifestyle as it pertains to fitness and general personal development. 
this podcast is really dedicated to self-improvement, both physically and mentally. So keep that in mind. So thanks again for tuning in and see you next time.